1: the final football friday of the nfl regular season starts right here right now on the morning after on sports grid sirius xm channel 159 the home for sports grid radio on sirius xm and all across the sports grid network i am ben stevens the final football friday week number 18 on the horizon in the national football league the longest regular season in nfl history begins not on sunday but tomorrow a double header on saturday and we will break it all down right here on tma today so we look forward to week 18 what it means for the postseason playoff implications punching a ticket into the playoffs and positional seating within each conference also draft order at stake all that goes into a football friday here on the morning after also we're just a couple of days away from Monday night's national championship for the college football playoff. The SEC championship game rematch, now with a national title on the line. Alabama and Georgia. We'll break that down with Joe Lisi, SportsGrid CFB analyst, in our second hour. Also, if you're here in New York State, A historic day tomorrow. Online mobile sports wagering becomes legal. We will speak with the FanDuel trading director himself in John Sheeran. The Irishman will join us to break everything down that you need to know and what you can expect this weekend entering nfl week 18 and joining me for the opening hour of this final football friday of the nfl regular season to help you get the edges that you absolutely need it is mike blew the host of pro football today right here on sports grid 10 a.m to 1 p.m eastern blew on sunday you're going to be giving people advice and all across the country because we are a national network people will be oh, taking yeah. that advice and making some smart wagers but here in new york state where we both currently reside and live A very exciting weekend to have,
2: for sure. What what a day. Nice to celebrate the eve of New York sports betting with you. So excited to be here. Obviously, I busted out the blazer just for this occasion. So uh, I'll take Alabama plus three, Alabama money line. I'll leave the rest to you and Lisey in the next hour. But (laughs) obviously excited to talk about it. Uh, to talk about the entire slate it's the final football Friday for the regular season obviously we'll have play more during the postseason but what better way to spend it than with you talking through all of these games I never thought that Connecticut would get to the finish line of sports betting before New York but uh, they only beat them by a couple of months excited to get started
1: Listen, the tri-state area out in full force. New York, New Jersey, Connecticut on a day with so much snow, it feels like a football Friday. So let's begin with some of the biggest headlines around the NFL this week, and that's mainly circulated in Tampa Bay the antonio brown saga bruce arians responding on behalf of the buccaneers organization yesterday to ab's side of things now the bucks present their side of the story in a statement released yesterday and bruce arians at a press conference following bucks practice yesterday Bruce Arians said that Antonio Brown was not bickering with BA about returning into the game due to that ankle injury but rather was upset with the lack of targets he received in the first half. There was no conversation between Antonio Brown and the medical staff or the training staff that Bruce Arians was made aware of and there are protocols in place to alert the head coach if one of his players is unable to physically perform. He then saw Antonio Brown speak with the wide receiver's position coach, looked like he was frustrated. Bruce Arians came up to him and said, you need to get back in the game, you're a part of this package. Antonio Brown refused, and then Bruce Arians did admit to saying, well then, F off, you're no longer a buck. So that's how it played out from the Buccaneers' side of things This past Sunday as we welcome in our sports creed radio audience here to the opening hour of the final football Friday of the NFL regular season week 18 is on deck you are listening on Sirius XM channel 159 the mightier 1090 out on the West Coast and all of our radio affiliates in this first hour I am Ben Stevens joined by Mike Blewett to break it all down entering the longest uh, season in NFL history in the final week of that so Blewett, we have now both sides a bs and the buccaneers what did you make of bruce arian's response yesterday following tampa's practice
2: well there's obviously been a lot of uh peaks and valleys to this story already and what i would normally say with controversial stories like this is generally have to wait a couple of days to gain all the facts but the reality is for antonio brown that regardless of what happened behind the scenes The way he handled himself on Sunday isn't reasonable. If there was a conflict, he could have refused to go back in the game, stayed there, and then they figured it out after the game. But ripping your shirt off, all the histrionics, you had to know that he wasn't 100% in the right. Now, he released some texts, allegedly, that are proof, uh, in quotes, of his side of the story. But... There's already been some parts of it that have been debunked. I just felt like through all of this, the problem, I guess, for the Bucs is that Antonio Brown's, uh, Brown's side of the story is plausible about the injury issues. I think that's indicative of the team's reputation in regards to their treatment of players across the entire league, but considering all the other uh, items that have come out afterwards the Bucks released him if Antonio Brown gets surgery as he said he would then they'll figure out that settlement otherwise if he goes and signs with another team everybody will know he's lying
1: yeah and officially yesterday Tampa Bay making it final they have released Antonio Brown so much to get to on this football Friday including the Buccaneers being an eight point favorite for their home regular season finale against the Carolina Panthers we break down the lines in some divisions still up in the air that's next here on a football Friday on the morning after one final football friday here on the morning after on sports grid one last week in the nfl regular season two conferences the afc and the nfc eight total divisions across the national football league six of those eight have already been claimed but two still up in the air this weekend entering weekend number 18 across the NFL you're listening on Sirius XM channel 159 all across the sports grid network alongside Mike Blewitt, the host of pro football today right here on the spiz grizz each and every Sunday morning at 10 a.m eastern time for this opening hour I am Ben Stevens so Blewett two divisions still at stake In the NFL, the AFC East, which seems with the Buffalo Bills as a 16 and a half point favorite, and all Buffalo needs is a win, pretty much set in stone. But the NFC West is a little bit more up in the air. A couple of moving pieces all across that division that are still up to debate this weekend on Sunday in that late afternoon window. All year long, we said the NFC West was going to be tightly contested, one of the most competitive divisions in all of football there's a very likely chance that three teams get into the nfc playoff picture two have already clinched a postseason berth but one still awaiting the nfc west divisional crown so as we look at those odds right now on the FanDuel sportsbook the rams are the favorites to win this division at minus 380 if los angeles beat san francisco on sunday afternoon la will claim the nfc west crown and the number two overall seed in the nfc postseason with a rams loss to san francisco and a cardinals win over seattle then arizona will be the champions of the nfc west so let's begin with that game right there that has so much at stake on sunday afternoon blue at the rams as a current four point favorite against the san francisco 49ers an over under of 44 in a hook so here is what is on the line for this game like we mentioned would they win the rams in the number two seed in the nfc postseason and they win the nfc west if the niners win they clinch a postseason berth in that wild card spot if the niners lose which they are not favored or which the rams are favored to do right now to make the niners lose then a new orleans saints win means that san francisco misses the postseason so much at stake blew it and that line has already moved in the Niners' favor, it opened at five in favor of Los Angeles. Now just four points on the FanDuel Sportsbook.
2: Yeah, and I, I would say I think a part of that is people following a trend, right? These Ram, This Rams team has not beaten the 49ers since December 30th of 2018. It's been a long time since they've been able to get a W. Now, the Trey Lance-Jimmy Garoppolo thing obviously is... Is it still in question? I just don't really even think that Jimmy should be out there when we're talking about surgery and his inability. He's talking about the amount of pain that he's going through. I know NFL players are willing to do a lot, but a starting quarterback going out there and shooting up his thumb with all kinds of damage seems like uh, a bad idea. But nonetheless, you have to wonder what the Rams... We know what the Rams' motivation is, but... Is there a, a vast difference between the two and the three seed considering how things get jumbled around during uh, the playoffs? I just don't know that they have as much motivation to get the 49ers monkey off their back. I just don't know that, that this is the, the supreme motivation that they need. But the Rams are, Ben, a far superior team. I think we've seen that throughout the course of the season. But for me, right now in these divisional games when there's still something on the line this late in the season i'm just going to take the points uh shout out to the rams Mm -hmm. if they get a big victory here and knock the niners potentially out of the playoffs uh so be it but i'm going to take the points here i think the the problem with the rams for me is not that they aren't very talented is that unfortunately we've seen matt stafford play pretty sloppy four pick sixes this year I, was, I heard a story. Uh, Aaron Rodgers has thrown three pick sixes is in is in his entire career, and Matt Stafford has thrown four this season. So he's been sloppy. They get a, a a huge one point win last week on the road. But I'm going to have to take the points here. I think for the few games where both teams are playing, I think I'm more likely to take the points in these scenarios. Playing for something, I should say.
1: You could look at the two Los Angeles teams this weekend, both the Rams and the Chargers, to end out the regular season on Sunday night, and you could say they are involved in the two games with the most at stake this weekend. This game certainly has that reputation because with they win, the Rams win the NFC West. If they lose and the Cardinals win, the Rams will not have home field advantage in that opening round of the postseason and potentially in that divisional round as well. With a Niners loss... San Francisco could miss the entire playoff picture if the Saints beat the Falcons, and right now New Orleans, a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Blewett, what's so interesting to me about this Rams and Niners games is both the Rams and the Niners have been favored in 14 of their 16 games up until this point of the season. The Niners have only been a dog twice. The last time they were a dog, the middle of November, Pretty against loud. Los Angeles in Santa Clara on a Monday night, and what did the Niners do? They won outright 31-10 to 10 as a three-and-a-half-point dog. That is against this Rams team that has struggled mightily with Kyle Shanahan under the Sean McVay tenure. And you bring up Matthew Stafford. It must be discussed. Seven interceptions in his last three games, 12 in the last eight. As we get to when these games are vitally crucial... Those mistakes are magnified. And Trey Lance on the other side, in his second start of his rookie career last week against the Houston Texans, 16 of 23, 249 yards, two touchdowns through the air, an interception, also ran the ball eight times for 31 yards in a 23-7 win for San Francisco, in which they covered against the Texans as a 12-and-a-half point favorite. So that is what we have at stake for that game, Blewett, the Rams and the Niners. Now we move on to to the Seahawks in the Cardinals because again if the Rams lose to San Francisco and the Niners pull off the upset outright on the road in Los Angeles the game happening simultaneously between Arizona and Seattle could decide the NFC West winner the Cardinals right now a six and a half point favorite against the Seahawks it is pretty much stuck at that number of six and a half all week long blew it. The Cardinals snapping a three-game losing skid last week on the road against the Dallas Cowboys. Now hoping to put a little pressure on Los Angeles in hopes of still claiming the NFC West crown.
2: And Seattle putting up a 50-burger last week is probably not the thing that we expected to see, but at least it is indicative of probably Russ Wilson showing a lot of pride in, in his play. Uh, a 6-10 and 10 team. While we thought that there could be some risks to the Seattle team. I don't think we expected it to bottom out in the way that it has could be a seven and 10 season. If they pull off the win here, our problem is obviously that we, we don't feel great about the Cardinals as a favorite, right? They've been very inconsistent for six weeks. They pull off a huge win last week. I loved taking the points down in Dallas because it was a must win scenario. This is another one. uh, But do we feel like that the backdoor cover isn't in play? in a game where i think seattle does want to play spoiler here Uh, i think there's going to be other teams that are totally checked out that we'll talk about later this hour i'm not entirely sure that seattle is one of them it was feeling like that a couple of weeks ago but they've battled a bad loss to the bears but it was a one point loss it wasn't like they weren't in it and then last week obviously all those points but uh I'm less likely to take the points here. I don't want to be a square and take a home favorite, laying a touchdown in a divisional game in January, but I just don't know that Seattle can hang with them. I I want to see Cardinals offense be crisper as they head into the playoffs and maybe put up 30 points. And this might be the defense against which they can do it
1: yeah motivation is going to be a key part of your handicapping for week number 18 and you bring up a great point as well blew the cardinals snapping that three game losing skin on the road last week booked as an underdog they are a perfect six and oh straight up and against the spread meaning they have won outright in all six games booked as an underdog this year also eight and one straight up and ats on the road but as a home favorite Just 2-5 and against the number this year for Arizona. So from the NFC West to the AFC side of things, that's next year on a Football Friday on the Grid.
0: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
1: So much on the line this weekend in the NFL. The regular season finale of the longest ever season in NFL history. We look at the AFC side of things. Right here, right now, on the morning after on Sports Grid, Sirius XM, Channel 159, and all across the Sports Grid network. I am Ben Stevens, alongside Mike Blewett, for the opening hour of TMA on this final football Friday of the NFL regular season. Plenty more football Fridays still in store for you here on the grid. But Blewett, we just discussed the NFC West and what's at stake in that division. Still, a winner needs to be crowned. In the AFC, the AFC East, Still needs to be decided. We'll break that down in just a couple of moments as well. But so much positioning and seating still in store for this final weekend of the NFL regular season in the AFC. So let's begin at the top. The Tennessee Titans, with a win over the Houston Texans on the road in H-Town, will clinch the number one overall seed in the AFC. Of course, that vitally important because it's the only buy in the conference, and they would have home field advantage throughout the entire AFC postseason. And right now on FanDuel, as you can see, Tennessee, a double-digit favorite at 10 points. Over Houston, the over-under is 43. So, Blewett, the idea here being, obviously with a double-digit spread, Tennessee is an indicator to win this football game at the bare minimum. But what will it take for Tennessee to cover a 10-point spread, and how do you feel about these lofty spreads for a team that needs something in the final weekend of the year against a team that really doesn't?
2: Um, This is sort of the scenario that you're dreaming for, right? A team that's just got nothing going on. They're a top five draft pick versus a team that is playing for the number one seed. This is the exact scenario you want, except that team is the Tennessee Titans. For the last three, four years, the most difficult team in the NFL to figure out. I've said it many times. I don't want to bet on the Titans. I will probably not bet on this game, even though it makes a lot of sense. And here's a stat for you. We already know that they lost to Houston earlier this year. That's probably a good thing for their motivation. They would like to beat them, revenge their earlier loss, lock up the number one seed. The problem is, in the last 10 games they've played against Houston, they're 2-8 and against the spread in Houston. They keep keep losing these games and dumping them. They're a very difficult team to figure out betting on. I will say that... uh, as, when they're on the road as a favorite or seven or more, they're six and one in their last seven games. So when they've been mm-hmm. heavy favorites on the road, they've actually covered. I would think that they would cover here. The only way I see this really playing out it, is that they could, in a negative way, is that Houston backdoor covers it somehow. But I thought the Miami win was a resounding positive yeah. momentum win for them. I do think Vrabel should be coach of the year, whether he gets it or not. And I do think it's down to this. By the way, I think if Vrabel gets the number one seed, I give him the award. I think if he if they somehow lose this game, I think Matt Lafleur could get it. That that's sort of the way I see it. Shout out to Zach Taylor too. There's other guys that have had uh, great seasons, but uh, based on their expectation. But it's just tricky because it's the Titans. That's the only thing, Ben. Otherwise, everything is set up for you to bet the big favorite here.
1: The Titans have only been a double-digit favorite one other time this year. Blewett already mentioned the result of that game. It was against these very Houston Texans in which Tennessee did not cover, and they lost the game outright 22-13 to Houston in Tennessee. Now on the road against the Texans. And the Texans have been booked as an underdog in 15 of 16 games so far this season. Seven and eight against the spread. They have been a resilient side, even when very little was expected of Houston. Tennessee, meanwhile, as a favorite, four and four ATS. Tennessee has also gone under in four straight games. But because of the result last week, a dominant effort against Miami, Tennessee has clinched a playoff berth, the AFC South Crown. Now, with a win over Houston, not a cover, but just a win over the Texans, Tennessee will be the number one overall seed in the AFC. That's what worries me. That's what worries
2: me. Sorry to interrupt, is exactly what you just said. All they need to do is win. There doesn't have to be any style points on it. That's what worries you about these Week 17 big spreads. There doesn't have to be any style points. If Andy Reid goes to Denver and wins by eight, who cares? They're going to the playoffs. They got an extra day of rest, and they did everything that they could do this season. What worries me is the Titans are up uh, by seventeen. And Davis Mills is still trying to prove who he is to the team. And they come down, score, get a two-point conversion, something stupid like that. And then it's an right. eight-point game instead of the 16-point the game that it was previously. That's just what worries me about these types of games. We're also talking about betting a divisional road favorite double-digit in January. So these games get funky, but the, the setup is what you want. With one motivated team and one not. Sorry, I just and, had to say that.
1: No, I think it's a great point, Blue. Because from a handicapping perspective, we're not just going to see this with Tennessee. We'll see it in the next game we discuss with Indianapolis. We'll see it with Buffalo. We'll see it with KC to begin Week Number 18 tomorrow on the road against the Denver Broncos. You have lofty double-digit spreads in favor of a team that still has some motivation, whether that's postseason positioning or whatever it might be. So maybe then you would think, oh, the underdog can backdoor cover because when KC gets up two touchdowns tomorrow against the Broncos, they'll pull Patrick Mahomes, and then it's the reserves against the starters still trying to prove something to the Denver Broncos franchise. I don't look at it that way because it's still difficult to back an underdog from that type of handicapping perspective. In fact, I would look at the motivated side, the favorite, and maybe then take it in to a first-half number, whether that be the spread, a team total you like, the total for the first half overall. That would be where I look and blew it. It's the same case that we have for the Indianapolis Colts out of the AFC South, taking on the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, India is a 14-and-a-half-point favorite. In fact, they were a 15-and-a-half-point favorite just yesterday, the line working down by a point. But being favored by over two touchdowns, you would assume with your eyes closed that Indianapolis is going to win this game in Duval County on Sunday. The only thing being, Mike Blewett, the Colts haven't won in Jacksonville since the 2014 NFL season. For whatever reason, the Jags have been a thorn in the side of the Indianapolis Colts franchise. Do you think they can buck that trend and earn a postseason berth come Sunday afternoon?
2: The opening week of the twenty twenty season, the Colts lost in Jacksonville. Jacksonville proceeded yep. to lose twenty regular season games in a row through last season and this season. Uh, the good news for all of you out there that doubted the Jaguars in the way that I doubted the Jaguars—that if you bet against the Jaguars every game this year, twelve and four, that's a good profit, Ben Stevens. That's a good profit. Uh, yes. They're also they're also uh, five and eleven. Uh, to the over, so they haven't been scoring points, keeping those totals down as well. Now, this is a ton of points for a Colts team that has a passing game that's seemingly never in sync, uh, but obviously are working with an MVP candidate in Jonathan Taylor. I think they'll run over the Jaguars. I, I don't expect the game to be close. 14 and a half actually got to the point where I'm like, geez, I think... I think I'm out on that now. You're pushing it over to touchdowns. I don't think the Jaguars have any fight in them. I think this team has been checked out for a long time. Uh, they are the worst team in the league. Doesn't matter yeah. if what the records say, they have been the worst team in the league. Uh, and by the way, the Texans, going back to the Texans very quickly, they are pushing on their win total right now for the season. They were four, and they've gotten their four wins. The Jaguars were at six and a half. Well under it, obviously, at two wins, maybe three. But uh, I'd rather bet props in this game than lay 14.5 points. If you can get it at 13.5, I think that makes a big difference, to be honest. I'd expect it to be a blowout. It's just with some of the other games on the board, it's not my favorite to lay the points. But if you're asking me, uh, I would lay them here. I just just think the Jaguars have nothing left. They're probably the last team in the league that I'd want to bet on.
1: Online sports wagering here in New York State becomes legal and in action and in practice tomorrow morning. But back in the summer, my favorite bet in the NFL preseason that I played when I was visiting a friend out in New Jersey... Was an under of a Jags alternate team win total of four and a half at plus 240. That happened last week. So if the Jags win this week, they might not pick as the number one overall pick in this upcoming 2022 NFL draft. But with a loss and they are a 14 and a half point home underdog right now, the Jags will pick number one overall for the second Straight season. Now, Indianapolis has been a double digit favorite four other times this year. They have won all four games outright at the very least and covered in three of those four games. Something to keep in mind as you approach this week. The Jags have lost eight straight games and they have not covered in seven straight as well. Blue, we mentioned the NFC West as a division still up for grabs this weekend. That is also the case in the AFC East but the Buffalo Bills a commanding lead and minus 2,000 right now to win that division on FanDuel the Patriots still alive at 11-1 to 1, plus 1100 and the Pats now a six-point favorite on the road in Miami quickly here Blewett your thoughts on this game and the AFC East overall for the Patriots the Dolphins the Bills and the Jets this weekend
2: Yeah, I think that I would not have expected this division to go down to the final week. We've seen the Bills, uh, I'd say the Pats play slightly over expectation because they've had a rookie quarterback the whole season, and the Bills lose a couple of games that we didn't anticipate. I I, I don't see the Jets fighting back in this one. I like some Josh Allen props in this game. Uh, Mm. Miami has given the Pats hell, not just this season, but in other funky situations, end-of-season situations like this. Uh, I just don't know if I see it this season, but I like the Bills big.
1: The reason Buffalo is a minus 2,000 favorite in that divisional marketplace, a 16.5 point favorite at home against the New York Jets. It's time to establish the run. The triple option is up next. a football friday right here on the morning after on sports grid sirius xm channel 159 i am ben Stevens, alongside mike Blewett, for the opening hour of tma on this final football friday of the final weekend of the nfl regular season and right here what we like to do is establish the run it is my credo and now that we have flipped the calendar to a new year In the month of january it's cold outside there's snow on the ground across the country running the football becomes all that much more important and that's what we will do very importantly for you heading into week 18 our triple option for the regular season finale blew it in my final and favorite side total and prop of the regular season so our favorite side total and prop of this weekend saturday and sunday's slate two games on saturday in a double header 14 on a full sunday slate capped off on sunday night football by a winner take all game between the chargers and the raiders so blew it let's begin with your favorite side of the weekend in fact it's the first game of the regular season finale weekend tomorrow around 4 30 p.m eastern time a kickoff out in the mile high city between the denver broncos and the kansas city chiefs right now the chiefs an 11 and a half point favorite blew it still motivated to earn that number two seed in the afc postseason picture do you believe that motivation is enough for kc to cover a big spread
2: oh i do some some men and women ben might ease into the regular season finale uh and just say let me let me feel it out let me just have a feeling out process on on saturday afternoon i'll I'll see how these games play out not this guy i'm coming right out of the gate hot i like the first half uh chiefs minus six and a half i like the chiefs to blow out the broncos i think this is more a result of the fact that uh, drew lock can't really engineer the offense the only opportunity they have is to run effectively with williams and gordon and that hasn't been happening either Uh, i think the fact that drew lock is in here has officially buried the end of this broncos season when they were alive for a surprisingly long time i think the chiefs have motivation to play for that number one seed still not knowing the results of the other games as well as trying to avenge a loss the fact that they play on saturday i think gives them an added edge that they They do have an extra day to rest, potentially, before the playoffs. Now, maybe they end up playing next Saturday anyway, but it is motivation for them to let's just get everything figured out before the playoffs. Maybe Mahomes and crew don't play in the fourth quarter, but I think they're going to come out here and try to uh, put the Broncos away early. I wouldn't be surprised by a a full-on pounding in the first half, uh, putting pressure on Locke, forcing turnovers – and Mahomes just trying to get loose here in the first half. I like the first half more than the game total, mm. but I'd take them both. The game spreads. And
1: when you look at Kansas – yeah, absolutely so. When you look at Kansas City this year, Blewett, of course, booked as a favorite in every game as they were last year in the 2020 season as well. Eight mm. and eight against the number. They had won eight straight prior to last week's game in Cincinnati. They had covered in six straight prior to last week's game against the Bengals, hoping to get back on the right track this weekend. So you brought it up, Blewett looking maybe if 11 and a half is a little bit too lofty for you at the first half spread for Kansas City. And that's my focus right now in the triple option and really as I approach a lot of the numbers for week number 18 because when you have a side like the Chiefs, who are still playing for something. And postseason positioning is certainly something at stake in the first game of week number 18, the regular season finale in the NFL. But when you have a side that is motivated against a side that really has nothing to play for this weekend, you might see that team lay it on the opposition early on and then maybe take their foot off the gas. And by the time you get to the midway point in the fourth quarter, you sit your starters in preparation for some rest heading into the playoffs the next week. That is how I feel about a game between the Carolina Panthers and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Because when you look at what the Bucs are still playing for, they will be playing at the same time as the L.A. Rams. Tampa wants to clinch that number two seed and really put some of this Antonio Brown drama behind them as they head into the postseason on the right note. And right now, the Bucs are an eight-point favorite against the Panthers on the FanDuel Sportsbook. But I'm looking at Tampa Bay in the first half in a number of four and a half in favor of the Buccos and here's why I look at that first half number specifically outside of the reasons I just gave for the motivated side and focusing on the first half taking away hopefully that backdoor cover later on the Bucks have been fantastic at home this year six and one straight up four and two against the number also booked as a favorite in every game this year and in the first half Tampa has the best scoring offense in the NFL, averaging 15.8 points per game. Carolina near the bottom half of the league, only averaging 10.9 points per game. If you just did the averages right there, Tampa would cover a four and a half point spread in the first half. But one of my favorite phenomenons in the entire NFL this year, in terms of covering a number, the Carolina Panthers have lost 11 games this year. They have not covered in a single loss doesn't matter if they were a favorite or an underdog which they have been six times in those 11 losses they have not covered in a single loss so far this season and the spread indicates with tampa being favored by eight for the game overall carolina is going to lose this football game so i focus on that first half hopefully taking away a late cover through the back door for carolina tampa minus four and a half in the first half against the panthers that's my favorite side of this weekend
2: uh, I like it. I'm with you. I think I would lay the eight. I would certainly lay the four and a half. What's fun about the first half spreads, too, is that what if it doesn't go your way? You can bet it differently. You can bet it live in the second half if you want. Yep. But I like the approach here. It does take out. And you could even apply that same thing to the Tennessee and the Colts games that we talked about earlier yeah. if you don't really like laying all those points take a look at first half spreads if you think they're going to get out to a good start start resting starters don't worry about the first third and fourth quarters just just get your win early and then uh just take profit and, and move on to another game or a different a different angle of prop or, or something along those lines but I like it I'm with you on that front in terms of my total I'm going to get I'm going to go with something that has been very consistent since their bye week the Giants have scored under 15 and a half points, six of seven weeks. They had one mm. point outburst uh, for their offense uh, a few weeks ago in their victory uh, over the Eagles. But uh, this has been money, six of seven weeks. The Giants team total under 15 and a half. It hasn't mattered who the quarterback was Jones, from Glennon. We're going to get some more from. And I, I just think that I. This team is as broken as any team in the league. The 29-3 effort against the Bears wasn't even really that. Uh, they had negative yards passing as an offense. I don't see how they get anything fixed. It does not matter that the other team that they are playing is also out of it. I just think that the Giants are done offensively. I think this team has been checked out for the better part of this past month. And whether Joe Judge comes back or not, is a discussion for the offseason but the giants have promised him the job i wouldn't be surprised if they reneged based on how badly it's gone for
1: the last few weeks i don't know what you're saying though blue you're saying the giants haven't put out effort and that things are terrible and they're the worst franchise in the league currently have you not Heard from Joe Judge himself? Former players who are making millions uh-huh. of dollars more they're on clamoring. other franchises are calling him to say, I wish I was a New York Giant. Players that are up to be a free agent this year are bawling in his office at the idea yeah. they might leave MetLife and not be a Giant next year. What do you mean clamoring. they're in a bad place? Clamoring yeah. to come back oh, to, to live Joe in Judge Jersey. sounds like a quack? Oh, yeah. man, you don't say Joe Judge doesn't know what he's talking about.
2: Yeah, Yeah. the Giants. It wasn't true. There's no players. There's been research done by people very easily, uh, and it's out there on the interwebs for everyone. You can just look it up. There are not those players do not exist. There aren't a lot of players that left the Giants to get a ton of money uh, that are calling them to come back. Those players do not exist. It's a null set, as we say in mathematics.
1: Yeah, and Joe Judge claimed that a couple of seasons ago, Bill Belichick was on the hot seat in New England. Maybe that his most false claim of them all, and there were plenty. Yeah, things are going well for everybody there involved with the New York Giants organization. But I like what you're doing, Blewett, focusing on a team total for your favorite total of weekend number 18 in the NFL. That is my focus, and again, we turn to a first-half team total. That would be for the game that might decide the afc east the buffalo bills and the new york jets the bills at home in western new york trying to circle the wagons with a win they clinch the afc east and most likely the number three spot in the afc playoff picture so the bills a 16 and a half point favorite against the new york jets the over under for the game is 43 but again with a big spread like this i go to the first half. And the first half team total for Buffalo is 14 and a half. The over actually has the juice right now at plus 106, I believe because it is above two touchdowns and that hook might work against you. Now, Buffalo only averages 13.3 points per game in the first half. That's still top five in terms of first half scoring in the NFL. The Jets have the worst scoring defense in all the National Football League. 32 out of 32, allowing nearly 30 points per game. So thus, it's unsurprising to know that the Jets also have the worst first half scoring defense, giving up 15.9 points per game. And when you look at Buffalo, the last couple of games, the offense is trending in a very positive direction. Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, even Devin Singletary averaging 30 points per game in the last four games for Buffalo. They went under in their last game against the Atlanta Falcons last week, but they scored 29 points. Three straight overs prior, and they are averaging 30 points per game in those four games total. So again, a big favorite. Focus on the first half when motivation will be at its most high as Buffalo tries to stomp down the New York Jets and a team total over of 14 and a half in the first half. We only have about two minutes left here in our final triple option of the final week of the NFL regular season. Give me your favorite prop entering this weekend.
2: I will say that there are going to be a ton of player props that will be on as they start to get released throughout the weekend. I think Sunday for us on Pro Football today, uh, we'll probably release more player props than we have for the entire season. I'm going to stick with the game that you just talked about. Josh Allen has been really good running the ball as of late. He's hit this prop three of four games over 35 and a half rushing yards. I think they want to continue utilize him in the run game even if he doesn't carry the ball in the second half at all uh, Ben I think uh, I'm with Josh Allen to try to get over that 35 and a half rush yards I like that one
1: yeah I like that one a lot as well and it correlates to my favorite team total with Buffalo putting up a lot of points and hopefully very early on in the first 30 minutes my favorite prop of the weekend comes in the final game of the entire NFL regular season Sunday night in Las Vegas a win and you are in game the Los Angeles Chargers and the Las Vegas Raiders right now LA three-point road favorite because of what is at stake winner take all I expect Brandon Staley and his quarterback Justin Herbert to slang that thing all across the yard not out yet but look for the pass attempts prop of Justin Herbert. He has been averaging this year 38 passing attempts per game. L.A. throws the ball the fifth most passing attempts per game in the NFL. Justin Herbert has thrown the ball at least 31 times in every single game this year, but slightly down in the last five games, 31 twice, only averaging 34. I actually think you will get a better number because of that. I look to an over for Herb's passing attempt prop this weekend in the final game of the NFL regular season. In the desert, the Raiders and the Chargers win, and you are in to the AFC postseason. We round out the first hour of this Football Friday by hearing from you. Where are you watching NFL Week 18? Let's find out next. Final football Friday of the NFL regular season. Week 18, the last week of the longest season in NFL history and we break it all down for you on this football friday right here on the morning after on sports grid sirius xm channel 159 and all across the sports grid network for the entirety of this opening hour alongside mike Blewett, the host of pro football today right here on sports grid i am ben stevens before Bluett heads into his final weekend of this nfl regular season we wanted to hear from you out there how are you going to watch a historic first the first ever week 18 where will you be taking in all of the greatness this weekend 16 games two on saturday 14 on sunday let's find out right now and fade the public all right blew it the question very simple it's the final week of the nfl regular season where will you be watching the sunday slate you can still vote in this active poll at sportsgrid tv on twitter the four options my couch a friend's place a bar going to an actual game and i'm so proud of the public because the only place you really should be is on your couch you should leave butt implants for eight straight hours each and every sunday and 92 percent of the public is saying exactly that my couch blew it are you fading the public i mean i'm
2: i'm a little sad for the public people just do not want to spend time with their friends one yeah. percent of the public is like yeah i'd like to see other people I'd like to communicate with other human beings on a Sunday, but ninety—I'm with probably the ninety-one point six percent. It's not always my couch. I have little kids that dominate other TVs, so I go to my basement, my office here. I've got a couple of TVs going on, but um, that—that I'll be home. I'd love it to be in a bar, but ah. that ain't happening.
1: Maybe a couple of Wednesday beers in our future, Mike Blewett, the host that of Pro Sense. Football Today right here on Sports Grid each and every Sunday to get you set for your NFL weekend, 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern time. Mike, as always, thank you very much for your time. Have a wonderful week, 18. We will talk very soon. Hour number two of the morning after is up next.